Have you ever been to a Latin Mass and they start praying this glorious hymn, the Gloria, and you find yourself flipping through the book and trying to keep up and you just can't get it? Well, fear not, because today I'm going to show you the easiest way to remember the Gloria and why you should commit it to memory. Stick around. Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Your dedication to the podcast and daily rosary prayers is truly appreciated. As we delve into today's content, I encourage you to check out the show notes for the daily rosary links, and please share this podcast with your friends and family. Remember, Pope St. Pius X once said, if there were one million families praying the rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. Together, we can play our part in making that a reality. Your input is valued and welcome, so please feel free to share any questions or suggestions for future episodes via email at latinprayerpodcast at gmail.com. Your engagement matters immensely, whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes. Hitting the like button and leaving a comment is the easiest free way for you to show your support for the podcast. If you haven't already, please head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Latin Prayer Podcast YouTube channel. Help us grow this channel and take it to the next level. If you haven't already, please check out the Latin Prayer Podcast Patreon community. It's our goal to produce a higher caliber content on a more full-time basis, and I cannot do this without your help. By becoming a patron, you can play a pivotal role in taking the Latin Prayer Podcast to new heights and helping shape its future. We have four carefully crafted tiers, each offering unique benefits tailored to enhance your experience with more benefits to come. Your support directly contributes to the creation of meaningful content, and you have my promise to continue to improve your Patreon and podcast experience. Together, we can spread the beauty of traditional Latin prayers and customs of the Catholic Church. So thanks again for tuning in, and let's get started with today's episode. The Gloria stands as an age-old hymn, exalting the Trinity as a cherished presence in the Church since the second century. Now, its genesis lies in the very words of Scripture, echoing the angel's proclamation from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 14, as they heralded the birth of Christ to humble shepherds. It was originally crafted in the Greek tongue during the second century. This hymn finds its roots as a recommended morning prayer, nestled within the pages of Book 7 of the Apostolic Constitutions, which is a document hailing from the 3rd to 4th century. St. Hilary of Poitiers, a pioneer in introducing hymns to the Western Church, played a pivotal role in its journey westward. St. Hilary, an unwavering adversary of Arianism, a heresy that questioned Christ's divinity and was condemned during the Council of Nicaea in 325, earned the illustrious moniker Maleus Areniorum, or Hammer of the Arians. What a cool name. This distinction came at a cost, however, drawing the ire of the Arian emperor Constantinus, who exiled him to Phrygia in 356. During his exile, St. Hilary was immersed in the hymns cherished by Eastern Christians of that era, and upon his return, he transplanted these harmonious strains into the Western liturgy, borrowing the Gloria from the East and even composing his own hymns. The Latin rendition of the Gloria that has graced our ears since the late 4th century is likely attributed to his handiwork. Thus, 
this hymn has remained an inseparable part of the Western Rites Mass since the dawning of the 5th century. So why? Why should we learn this? Why should we commit this beautiful hymn to memory? And you might think it's related to what I just gave you in terms of the history or the origin of this prayer. A little while ago, I was listening to an interview with an exorcist, and he was talking about a particular case that he was dealing with where he was able to get the demon that he was dealing with to reveal his purpose. What was that demon created for? And that demon said, I was supposed to be one of the angels that night in Bethlehem who announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds. The angels in the heavens above the shepherds in Bethlehem singing the Gloria. That one angel was created for just that purpose. No other purpose but to announce our Lord's birth. Now we know from Scripture that the number of the angels present that evening were uncountable. Had one-third of the angels not fallen, that number would have been even greater. The exorcist, upon discovering this bit of information, would then have the hymn of the Gloria played in the background. And when he did this, it caused the demon excruciating pain and torment. He couldn't stand this beautiful phrase, Gloria in excelsis Deo, because it was the phrase that he was supposed to utter to the shepherds that night, but he refused. When the demons fell, they left gaps in the hierarchy of grace. Those gaps are to be filled by you and me, us, and our salvation is a work in progress. But let this hymn be on our lips and be on our minds, and let us proclaim it fully, totally, with every fiber of our being, so that at least we can make up for what was lacking that night in Bethlehem. If the voices of the angels that fell were not present, then let our voices join the chorus, both during Mass and especially outside of Mass. We'll begin with the Latin, and we'll look at how it translates into English. So we'll start. It begins with Gloria in excelsis Deo, which of course means glory in the highest to God, or glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis. So Gloria in excelsis is the highest. Think of to excel. Right, Gloria in excelsis, so the most excellent kind of Gloria, or the highest kind of Gloria to God. Gloria in excelsis, Deo. It continues, et in terra, pax ominibus. So et in terra means and in earth. Pax means peace. Ominibus means all men. It finishes with bone voluntatis. So, bone is good, and voluntatis is will. So, gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest, et in terra, and in earth, peace, pax. Hominibus is all of the men, bone voluntatis, of good 
will. The next part of the Gloria has four separate actions that we direct towards God. And the four are laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te. So the te means you or thee. And the words are laudamus, which is where we get the word laud from. And you may have heard of the word laud before from the hymn, All Glory, Laud and Honor to You, Redeemer King. So that comes from laudamus, which is to praise. Benedicimus, benedict, means blessing. So benedicimus means we bless. Adoramus is, you think of the word to adore, right? Adoramus, to adore, so we adore. And then glorificamus is we glorify. So we put this together. Laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, and glorificamus te mean we praise thee, we bless thee, we adore thee, and we glorify thee. Laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te. The next part is gratias agimus tibi. So gratias means thanks. Agimus means we give, and tibi is to God. So we give thee thanks. It continues, propter magnam gloriam tuam. Propter means because of. Magnam, just that beginning part of the word, mag, to magnify or magnificent. This is to make something bigger, right? Or because of something great. So propter magnam, because of the greatness. Gloriam tuam, which is how we would say your glory. This stanza finishes with Domine Deus, which is Lord God, Rex Celestis, King of Heaven, Deus Pater Omnipotens, God the Father Almighty, the Omnipotent. When we put this together, that second stanza praises the first person of the Trinity, which is God the Father. Laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te, which is we praise thee, we bless thee, we adore thee, we glorify thee. Gratias agimus tibi. Thanks we give you, propter, because of magnam gloriam tuum, your great glory. Domine Deus, Lord God, Rex Celestis, the King of Heaven, Deus Pater Omnipotens, God the Father. Almighty. Now the second stanza deals with our Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. So it begins with Domine Fili Unigenite. So Domine is O Lord, Fili Unigenite, the only begotten Son, Jesu Christe, Jesus Christ. Domine Deus. Again, the same words used for the Father, Domine Deus. Lord God, Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God. Filius Patris, Son of the Father, qui tolis peccata mundi, who takes away the sins of the world. So, qui is who? Tolis is to take away peccata, the sins, peccatoris, peccata mundi, of the world. Miserere nobis, have mercy on us. Qui tolis peccata mundi, who takes away the sins of the world, suscipe deprecationem nostrum. Receive our prayer. And let's just break that line down for a moment. Suscipe means to receive, 
Nostrum means hour. Deprecationum means prayer, but a specific kind of prayer. It normally refers to a prayer sent up to God that asks for the warding off or a version of evil through this kind of prayer. So we're asking for God's intercession to ward off or to avert the evil. And in these prayers that we lift up, we're asking him to receive those kinds of prayers. Sushipe deprecationum nostrum is receive our prayer, but specifically this deliverance type of prayer to ward off or to keep away evil. It continues, qui sedes ad dexterum patris miserere nobis. So qui sedes ad dexterum patris means who, qui, sedes, should make you think of to seat or to be seated, ad dexterum, which is the right hand, patris, of the Father. Miserere nobis again means have mercy on us. So this entire second stanza, Domine Filii Unigenite, O Lord, Only Begotten Son, Jesus Christ, Domine Deus, Lord God, Anius Dei, Lamb of God, Filius Patris, Son of the Father, Qui tolis peccata mundi, who takes away the sins of the world, miserere nobis, have mercy on us. Qui tolis peccata mundi, who takes away the sins of the world, suscipe deprecationem nostrum, receive our prayer. Qui sedes ad dexterum patris, who sits at the right hand of the Father, miserere nobis, have mercy on us. The final stanza continues the praise of our Lord Jesus Christ and then brings the whole thing together by including the Holy Ghost and God the Father as it wraps up. So let's take it line by line. Quonium tu solus sanctus. Now, quonium is an interesting word because it could be translated as because or since or seeing that but really, it's just a conjunction that's placed before what you're about to say. So, we would translate this in English as, For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, etc. So, quonium is just this word that comes before what we were about to say, and it explains what we were about to say. So, quonium tu solus sanctus. You solus alone, sanctus, are holy. Tu solus dominos. You alone are the Lord. Tu solus altissimus. You alone are the most high. Think of altissimus as altitude, as it is the highest that you could get to. Tu solus altissimus. Jesu Christi. Jesus Christ. Cum sancto spiritu in gloria dei patris. With the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. So, quonium for tu solus sanctus, you alone are holy, tu solus dominus, you alone are the Lord, tu solus altissimus, you alone are the most high, Jesu Christi, Jesus Christ, cum sancto spiritu, with the Holy Spirit, in gloria dei patris, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And there you have it. Every part of the Latin makes sense when you think of it in its English counterpart, and the words 
translate over very simply. There are a few words that are maybe a little bit challenging. Words like deprecationum or sushipe, to be able to pronounce these words, or unigenite or altissimus, but none of these words are beyond your ability if you just practice them. And you have an opportunity to practice them at every single Mass. Gloria in excelsis Deu et in terra pax hominibus bone voluntatis. When I first began to try to memorize this prayer, the first thing I began with was the Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus bone voluntatis. It was very easy to just remember that phrase and to be able to say that phrase multiple times throughout different parts of my day, whether they be a thanksgiving to God for His great mercy, or even in the midst of a cross that was laid in front of me that I didn't feel like bearing, but I wanted in some way to just begin by giving glory to God rather than letting my human emotions get the better of me. Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus bone voluntatis. And then you can go on to the next bit, which is give glory to God the Father, and then of course give glory to our Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Don't be afraid of this prayer. Make this prayer part of your daily life. I want to thank all of you for tuning in for another episode. I especially want to thank our patrons, especially our newest patrons, Manuel and HV, who joined us last month. And as always, I would like to conclude today's episode by asking you to join me in praying a Pater Noster, an Ave Maria, and a Gloria for our patrons and their family members and for all of their intentions. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debite nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationum, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So until our next episode, may God love you all and may Our Lady keep you. <laughs>